Welcome to the Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Christopher. Hi, Christopher. How you doing? Oh, baby, you know I'm good. You know, it's you got the early spring feels this time of year. But I know this evergreen green, so it's like also like hot and summery, but also like love and Christmas time, but also the fall foliage, you know? Sounds like you got a lot going on. I uh, I went skiing last weekend. Um, and maybe when this episode airs, it probably will not have still been skiing weather, but I went skiing and I had skied a little bit before and went to this place where they manufacture the snow. The weather is really cold. They're still blowing the snow out. And I basically had felt like I started out solid skiing, but then I started, then I skied on basically patches of ice, slipped. Fell several times, bruised my ribs. All in all, <laughs> I'm going to ski again, but it was tough, Christopher. Oh, I love that. Yeah, ice is, ice, ice is no good. Ice is no good. I'm glad you're going to get back up there, you know? Man-made yeah. snow is never the right snow. So it's, it's what it's all we sometimes it's all you have on the East Coast. Yeah. I had a my kind of only my I have lots of skiing falling stories, but my favorite one is a skiing last year and I couldn't I was falling on every run, which is not quite like me. And I went in for lunch and went to go and buckle my boots and I hadn't buckled my boots at all. Like they were just it was like skiing in sneakers. Um so I was every which way have i told a story on here before no you have not oh yeah so i was literally crashing every time but it was just, you know i had nothing to hold me onto the boots and then i had little toes gripping i'm sorry to hear that i one thing i also learned i you know now they make you wear a helmet which i i i was glad i had the helmet on because i smashed my head against the um ice too when i fell i can't imagine what would have happened if this had been like 1985 and i had would not been wearing a helmet yeah, were helmets required at the ski hill? I don't know if they're required. I think they're required. I People, they wear them. I mean, you have to, they rent them and you wear them. I basically had bought my helmet, but I um, but I hit my head and I just was kind of like, if I hadn't had this helmet on, I wouldn't have had the mental capacity to do this podcast. Yeah, correct. You know, th- that's the kind of big government overreach that makes me sick. Or some people wear helmets on ski slopes. Yeah. You'd rather some guy who doesn't know what he's doing get up there without a helmet. He just smash his head against the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're such a libertarian. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I get that all the time. Um, I'm glad that you are able to host this podcast. Which one are we talking about today? So today we are doing Andy and Opie's new pal. Wow. This is like, we're going to treat this episode, folks. Like this episode is our new pal. Yeah. Trey. Trey. Trey any, uh, huh? Trabian. Trabian. Any, uh, any oak top thoughts before we dive in? No, it's a good, sweet, it's a good, sweet, wholesome episode. I thought so too. It first aired on January 13th, 1964, and was written by Harvey Bullock. Um, we open with Opie running down the street playing football, and he comes across a kid playing in the yard by himself. And the kid looks lonely. He's new to town. He has no friends, but he does have a Swiss army knife, which sometimes yeah. can make up for not having friends. He's a little intense. 
He's just like a little down and playing with the knife, like not engaging. He's got a little bit of uh, serial killer vibes. At the well, did you ever see that Saturday Night Live skit where they said, if you've got a kid who likes to ponder, well, buy him. You don't, he doesn't need a toy that's something just like toy that. It's like a, your, your typical toy. What he needs is a well to just stare, stare into. <laughs> And uh, he seems like he could have used a well just to stare into. I think so, too. But then he meets Opie, and Opie immediately says, you want to be friends. And what a nice young man. Yeah. At the jail, Barney is on the phone with Gomer, who is saying the guy running the sweet shop is swindling him. This is just a great this is a great scene and a great, you know, it turns out he's bought peppermints with all white centers, but there's a contest that if you find a green one, it wins you a flashlight and the pink one wins you a free one. And it just is hilarious. The notion of Gomer going and buying all these pepper, all these mints. And then, um, and then, you know, thinking he's being swindled and calling and venting to Barney and Barney taking and Barney getting like, Oh, something's going on here. Yeah. You're not wrong. I love it. It's funny. Yeah. It's a, it also like, it's a fun it's got nothing to do with the episode <laughs> nothing 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 and it's kind of like i mean we always talk about seinfeld but i just always you know you wonder like with sitcoms and things like that where they said how about we just scrap any episode where you learn something or there's a message and we just do stuff like people getting bent out of shape over fixed peppermint contests. Yes. <laughs> correct correct yeah but Barney thinks there's a fixed peppermint um, contest going on. And Andy says, well, I'll get to the bottom of this. But first, got to deal with the gambling loss in this town, too. And then in comes Opie and Trey, which is short for Frederick Bowden the fourth. And that was actually the name. Or Sorry, Frederick Bowden the third. The fourth? The third. I'm, I'm already jumping ahead of myself. Frederick Bowden the third. And that was actually the name of one of Harvey Bullock's son's friends. Trey's played by David A. Bailey, and he'll appear in more episodes. And it turns out his dad is dead, and his mom is visiting Miss Edwards, and they're from Erie, Pennsylvania. Opie and Trey have become blood brothers using barn paint, and Trey is going to spend the night and go fishing with them on Saturday. So they've become very fast friends. It's an accelerated friendship. Um, yeah. Do you think it was weird that he named the kid, like his friend, his kid's friend after? Like, you think he told the parents before? I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, for all you know, for all we know, he could have, Frederick could have said, will you name a character after me? That's true. We we don't know the whole story. And we that, don't know the whole story. That matters. Yeah. So they leave and Barney hopes, says he hopes they become as close as friends as him and Andy. And he mentions that they have had tips from time to time, but they can laugh them off. And then Barney brings can up. They? Can I they? I don't know. I don't know. It's. I always say you and I have had our tips from time to time, but we can laugh them off. Yeah, it's just because you're a punk. I. A, we a don't punk? have tips. You ask me to do stuff for the podcast, and then I do it late, or I forget, or I don't join when you have four people come on. You know, it's like things like that, like small things. There are small things. I and I don't really. I don't really think I harp on them. No, no, you're a very understanding, kind, gentle person. I don't know about gentle, but I think the um I think the I think the thing of it is is there is 
I, I I do have I can get I can I can get a little worked up. I just won't be going back and telling you about the 395 shirt that I bought at Patterson's like Barney does when um he says there was a mix up when he was going to escort the girl from the apricot festival, but Andy did. And then it's clear Barney is still upset. And then Barney then shares that he paid $3.95 for his shirt at Patterson's and that he stood there like a fool while Andy escorted her around. And then he goes off on Andy, but they make up. We actually did have one tiff, you and me. Was it about the girl at the Apricot Festival? It was Apricot not. Festival? Okay, it was what not. Is the tiff? Tiff was. It was about Kid Rock? It was. <laughs> we were having a conversation. And we were talking about music, and we were like talking. The second time we've talked, this is early in our relationship, and we were talking about concerts that really just blew us away when we saw somebody the first time, and we didn't know who they were. And I can't remember who you shared, but I remember. I then I shared. You know, I went. I was at Nashville River Stages in 1999. And I could have seen Hootie and the Blowfish, or I could have gone to see this guy who had just come on the scene who I didn't know who he was. His name was Kid Rock. And I was blown away. And you <laughs> laughed in my face. Laughed so bad. And like Hootie would have been fun. I forgot that it was Hootie. Hootie oh would have been goodness. fun. Are you at, first of all? I, don't I was think, in a Hootie this week. First, I don't think you understand. I mean, with the politics, Kid Rock can polarize, can be polarizing to certain to, to people. Like they people have now gotten to a point where they so he gets associated with his politics. So you either like him for his politics or you don't like him for his politics. And then there's some people talk about his music and and how it some people don't like it. But I will tell you, in 1999, everybody was all about Kid Rock. I'm just blown away by it. Like this is the year the Matrix came out. You know, there's just there's more out there. There's this more was the year here. also of Woodstock '99 and Limp Biscuit and um <laughs> and um and a lot of other and a lot of other things that were that were going on. At I that think time. maybe you could have just listened to Nirvana for one more year. You know, before the good music came in the in the next year. What good music the next year? Yeah, probably like. <laughs> I mean, I would put, I would not be surprised. Oh man, I hope I kind of hope I alienate some folks here. I feel like Kid Rock fans like then become Smashing Pumpkins and Counting Crows and kind of like live in this weird world as it moves nope. forward. And then eventually you bottom out at, at like, hmm, like Timberland. I think. The, I think what we're talking, I think you don't have any clue what you're talking about. I think it's what is what is going on. Nobody is going from Kid Rock to Counting Crows. I think what is really frustrating is you're significantly younger than me, and you were, what, in elementary school or something like that when all this was going on. Well, I was going to college during one of the worst musical periods of all time, and I'm and when I try to tell you about the bright spots, you get on some sort of high horse, like you're some sort of music snob, and you go back and you put on Radiohead or whatever it is people like, like, people like you me. do. Don't put that on me. Put on a hootie. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 
Oh, it's because I, yeah, I just never had a, like a, a, one. none of my friends' dads never took me under their wing. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue back into this episode, back into this episode. At the Taylor household, Opie and Trey are creating a ruckus. And it turns out they're playing a ruckus. Good. Nice. I like that. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Well, they're at the uh, Andy and Barney and Aunt B are at the dinner table. And it turns out they're playing guns. And Andy comes in and they jump in the bed and they still have all their gun gun belts on and everything. Did you have suspicious? Did you have that? We've talked about this. Did you have toy guns growing up? No, no, no. I uh, barely I watched PBS like public access television until I was 10. Guns violence were not something I was introduced to until I felt it deep within my heart. And it had to come out. That's I don't believe that for one second. I will say the guns they had were that was that looked like just a great arsenal for when you were a little kid, because I loved playing with toy guns when I was a little kid. Yeah, I I mean, I never really did. But when we were in middle school, early high school, have I shared this? One of my buddies had a huge house and they had like a trampoline inside. It was kind of nuts. And they had automatic airsoft guns oh yeah we just go into the trampoline room put on glasses like barney wears in a later episode like ski goggles and just just mayhem that sounds fun yeah wild times wild times so trey doesn't have a fishing pole so andy says he can use one of his including his big one and andy also Uh says oh first step of overstep and I don't know what you're saying. And then Andy also says he'll let Trey fall asleep in his bed. And um, and then Andy Opie gets out of bed and sees Andy letting Trey have a glass of milk and a slice of pie before bed. Which, like, clearly he doesn't want Trey to go to bed. He's going to give him some pie. Yeah. And then Opie looks a little jealous as we go to commercial. You know, that's one of the first time Have we seen... Maybe we do, but that was like a shot from Opie's perspective. Yeah. Which I, I, or maybe it wasn't, but I just feel like it was like a low angle up where you see what he sees. And normally it's more third, third person. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it is a unique shot. I will agree. So now we're in the break. This episode's production and artwork are managed by Pod Machine, who does great work at a great rate. If you want to learn more about this service, go to podmachine.com. You can also get a 10% discount by entering Loaded Goat in the promo code section if you purchase one of their plans. After the break, Trey comes out on the porch the next morning and Andy is reading the paper. Barney comes in and discusses the epic breakfast he just ate, which sounds... How did he prepare the eggs? I didn't know what that... I was I assume, I'd never heard of that. I assumed he went to the diner. Okay. No, but there was... No, but like there was a... The way that he said that eggs were prepared, I'd never heard of before. I, it wasn't uh, scrambled. It wasn't your over easy. Forget about a poached. Yeah. Nice. I didn't catch it. Okay. And then... Uh, Barney start Opie's still in bed. Barney starts talking about his Roscoe or his revolver. And he shows Trey how. What do you call it? His Roscoe. Your heater? No, remember his heater. He goes through a bunch like his heater is one. Stick. Yeah, but he, yeah, he goes to show Trey how to handle a gun, 
and it goes off. And I, you know, and it's one of these things where we always talk about how gun safety is not taken very seriously on the Andy Griffith show. But I mean, he just blew a hole in Andy's porch. Yeah. I also like a gunshot in that neighborhood in the morning is probably not typical. You <laughs> think people will be running out to see what's going on and nobody even nobody even bothers. And then Andy makes Barney give him his gun and tells him to wait in the car. Also, and Andy, for how knobby Barney's knees are, he's going to get shot in the kneecap pretty soon. It's bound to happen. Andy then discusses safety with gun safety with Trey, and o- Opie comes to the door as he sees Andy letting Trey hold the gun. And at the jail, Opie brings up the idea of going fishing without Trey, but Andy says they should go. I'll go. And then Andy goes to the back, and Opie sees Trey looking in the window. He goes out and tells Trey that he's going to a super secret football practice and that Trey can't come. So Trey walks away and Andy sees him as he's heading to the car and invites him on Lake Patrol with him. And Opie finds out and he is once again jealous. And then later at the um, and, and then basically at football practice, Trey shows up and Opie tries to run him off and they get into a fight. And then Barney shows up and tells Opie he won't that he won't tell his father because he won't be able to play with Trey again. Barney's reads on situation and um, reads on situations is amazing. Yeah, flawless, flawless. And back also in, a man of his word. <laughs> totally a man of his word because what happens to? We're back at his jail, back at the jail, and Barney is telling Andy about the minor tiff. But Opie comes in all bandaged up, and Opie says they won't be able to let Trey come fishing anymore because of a fight and Andy realizes what's going on and he says Trey won't be able to go but Barney won't either and Barney gets upset and storms off acts like a real adult here acts like a real adult I mean you know doesn't even realize what just taking place and so Andy explains Barney feels the same way as Trey did does hurt that he was basically excluded and Opie realizes what happened, and he goes to tell Barney to come fishing with him. And Barney looks like he could be a six a, a six year old the way he's sitting in that back room. Mm-hmm. Completely, he storms yeah. off. Poor yeah. Barney. Have you ever yeah. been uninvited? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean it. It happens. I, I not lately. I don't think, but um, but yeah, when I was a kid, I mean, that's just something that happens. I like to think when I go to DC and then I don't hang out with you that you feel like Barney and you sit on your bed and just pout. I usually don't know when you come to DC. I mean, that's how close our friendship is. You don't even bother to tell me half the time. Good. I was there two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, really? We'll talk about that. I was there for like 12 hours. I've been doing I've been doing real short stints, honey. It's okay. I I see. <laughs> let's move, let's 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 move on. Let's take that one to the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's uh so Opie leaves and Andy apologizes and says he was using him to make a point. Barney still in rants and storms off. I mean, Barney's I Barney's not Barney's not clicking in this episode. And that night at the Taylor household, Andy Opie comes out and says to Andy, he and Trey are friends again. It turns out Trey is spending the night, and Opie gave him his genuine regulation football. And Andy tells Opie that he's also got a genuine regulation friend. 
And we so go to cute. commercial. That's yeah. a great line. It's adorable. Yeah, it's very cute. In the epilogue, they're all getting ready to go fishing. Andy says he's glad to see that they're all friends again. And Barney says the best advice is to get things out in the open so they don't fester. The boys go outside and Andy brings up the apricot queen and Barney is still irritated. <laughs> so, uh, so he's still not over it. He's still not over I, it. I mean, I align fully with Barney on that scenario. The only way that Andy could get out of being the 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 mean one in this is if he married the apricot queen. Maybe that was Gertrude. Um, and they just, you know, aren't personifying her in a way. Um, but that would be a story. I mean, that would get really dark really fast if Barney was still sport, sporting over <laughs> Andy meeting his wife when he was waiting for her. We haven't had a good conspiracy theory. Let's I'm good with this one. You want to go with that one? Yeah. All right. All right. Any final thoughts? No. This Actually, no. Wait, let's do whistles. I forgot whistles. How many whistles would you give this? Mm, seven? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Good, not great. Nothing bad about it, but yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Really enjoyed it, Aaron. I did, too. I Glad did we too. worked past all our differences. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. I love you, too, Christopher. In a very platonic way. You still there? <laughs> All right. Check us out on Apple's podcast. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think about it, subscribe. Next week, we'll do Aunt B, the Crusader. Until then, Christopher, you want to be friends? No.